Gone are the taboo days of pot. As cannabis becomes increasingly celebrated, understood, and legal, it's still a long way from eradicating the stigmas created from years of misinformation. We're investigating facts, cutting through fiction, exploring medical solutions, and sharing the stories of the people making it all possible on the Cultured Cannabis Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Cultured Cannabis Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chef Patrick McSherry. Chef, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Tony, chef and cannabis advocate. Yeah, of course you are. No, we're, we'll definitely get into that. I mean, we are the Cultured Cannabis Podcast, so I'm excited to, you know, to talk about all those things. But um, originally from uh, Illinois, right, and uh, more so the uh, kind of the northwest suburbs area when you growing up. Right. Northwest suburbs, Palatine area. Uh, I went to uh, from high school out in the northwest suburbs. Uh, after high school, I moved to the Chicago, though, you're, right you're, away. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that we were just talking about uh, early early on for you was your interest in art, right? And and, and the passion mm-hmm. you had for it. And I think chef, being a chef is an art, you know, first it, and foremost. Yeah, the the plate is your canvas, right? Absolutely. But I would love for you to tell me that story again, just to, uh, or, or kind of picking up where we left off regarding the way that, that you wanted to be an artist, but kind of felt this obligation, this fiscal obligation to be responsible. Sure. Um, I, I was a painter, you know, and I did a lot of abstract. I, I did portraits, though, too. I, I mean, I could draw anybody and famous people, you know, looks like a photograph. And I was I was in my teen years and I, you know, I took that up into my early, early 20s as I was overlapping into becoming a chef. But I felt I needed a job title. Right, you know, right. am I a painter on the street? What am I going to tell my father? Even though my father's an awesome guy, he, I, you know, I wanted to impress, like as anybody would, you know, right. with a with some, with something that could pay the bills. And I noticed after I had gone into that for that reason that it took away from it a little bit. Right. And so the I joy, found, the joy of the art. Right? The joy of the art. The joy of the art. So I, I, while while that was occurring, I found it in food. Right. And so here I am now as a chef. So it it, it all worked out in the end. But um, I guess the the lesson learned was stay true to your creativity and Absolutely. and and the and the fiscal stuff will will come. It really does. It really does. And I, and I thought it was such a good point to bring up because oftentimes you know you go through life and you know you say this is how I got here. This is that this that and the other. But to look back and say you know not that you live with regret. I, I know that's not the case. But to to say what would have been or what could have been had I just pursued that right. And I think you found your calling. And it sounds like you know, we were talking very passionate about cannabis and and, and the healing properties of it. So before we kind of get into that. Uh, being a chef for you was something that, man, you're very humble about it because very accomplished. And the experiences you've had are the stuff that people, like the reason people become chefs, right? These stories that you had living in Italy, you know, being involved in these amazing experiences globally that created the person that's before us today. I would love for you to, to share a little bit about that. Well, I appreciate you saying that I'm humble. I, I, I think that's a good characteristic to have. Nobody likes, you know, watching somebody toot their own horn. If, you know the saying. Um, I, you know, Italy was my kind of crowning achievement, like switch. Um, you know, I I decided to go back um, and get a degree in culinary because I had originally gotten some credits with that graphic design. Uh, 
school that I went to. So that ended up, you know, working towards that as well. I didn't have to waste my time with those normal credit hours. So I'm in school doing food, uh, make good grades, go to Italy and get asked to do James Beard in New York City. So I'm walking around Florence. I'm working at one of the best restaurants in Florence, living next to the Ponte Vecchio Bridge. And, you know, uh, the following year, I'm flying to New York City to cook two meals at James Beard House. Yeah. Wow. So it was, it was, uh, it was an amazing opportunity that I think all came from my, uh, my passion and, um, I guess uh, my networking skills too, because I don't know how I met all these amazing people that I, you know, ended up being next to. It was just the, you know, the the chef for the for the Florentine uh, football team, soccer team, and I'm, and you know, I'm throwing him this, you know, spoon to put the creme fraiche on, whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying. Of course, but that's yeah. amazing. So, it's sitting answering questions in the main dining room of the James Beard House sitting in the chair where Julia Child sat, you know, it's like these things. Yeah. When I look, when I think back on it, it's, it, you know, my mind kind of does explode sometimes. Wow. I mean, that's history right there. Even just having seen for me, the HBO series on Julia Child was quite remarkable to hear her story and just you know, the, 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 the evolution of cooking in this country too. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it really has become an elevated thing that it wasn't like that before. Right. So for you, what was, what did you find yourself wanting to do? I mean, here you are a different place in life. I mean, the opportunities that present themselves are what they are, but you know, what, what was that passion for you? Where did you see, you know, your life heading at that point or in Italy when I, when I got back, I oh man, the, Wide open. Because um, you were there twice, I said, for about uh, five, six months each time? Correct. The first time had a scholastic element to it, and the second time was all professional. Wow. Um, and, and the first time was I was working while I was, you know, I, I guess I would call it, you know, post, post-graduation post training. Um, and I was also working professionally in a restaurant. Wow. Um, and, then the, and then the second time you went back because you went to work. Yeah, that was that was training with um, a professor, uh, a chocolatier um, that works for like a, a Godiva level company. Um, you know, he goes to Brazil to check the cocoa bean fields. Um, wow! Yeah, these these guys—they're big guys. Um, they're the best chefs in Italy. Um, you had some really cool experience like that. Wow! It was uh, Florence University of the Arts. It's a it's a, it's a it's a great uh, hub in uh, Tuscany for for networking for the arts for people and um, they have some just amazingly talented people from Italy that are directly affiliated with that place and you know I got to work with them afterwards because of it that's so cool and and you have roots in Italy right yeah um, my, my my the restaurant that I worked for for I became friends with the owner and his family and I still talk to them that's it, so awesome his mom wrote uh, the book once upon a Tuscan table um, and I still talk to her. She has a cooking channel. That's so cool, man. That's so cool. So now tell me about, you know, the cannabis side of things. You're, you're, you're working, you're doing things. How did cannabis become a part of your life? So I, I came back from Italy and I'm working in different restaurants. Um, I found my way out to Arizona, Scottsdale. Um, I was having chronic pain. My chronic pain started before I moved and I figured I would try a different climate. I was having joint pain. And um, I went out there and I changed my diet and lost a little bit of weight. And um, I, I I gave up alcohol. It wasn't for any other reasons just than health. You know, I don't. Interesting. Um, 
and just kind of found cannabis found its way into my life. And I noticed that it made me feel better than I felt when it wasn't in my life, to put it simply. Yeah. Um, alcohol and bad food, because alcohol makes you eat bad food, makes you make poor choices. Increases and, stress and you know, all those things. Right. And you are what you it's eat. Dopamine. Yeah. And uh, I, there's something about when you partake in cannabis, if you're doing it for the right reasons, if you're doing it for, you know, not, not to escape something in life, but to enjoy life, I think it adds to life in, in every way, if you're using it for, you know, for the, for, for the right reason. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know that one of the things that I asked you before is, is how do you see yourself? And one was as a cannabis consultant, right? And, um, but it sounds like you were definitely on a healing journey that had nothing to do with cannabis. It, it just had to do with healing. Right. And, and, and to give up certain things, I think is one, it's, it's profound, right? Mm -hmm. Because not many people are willing to do that. You, know, you think in, in that way that you're kind of numbing pain or uh, escaping it, but it's always present. It's always there if you're not getting to the root of it. Right. How did that become something that you were then almost you're a doctor for yourself, right? Like you're examining yourself, you're, you're seeing how things work. What were those combinations that you found that were helping you um, incorporated with cannabis? Um, an alkaline diet Dr. Dr. Sebi, if research Dr. Sebi, there's uh, I, I realize most disease thrive in an acidic environment. So if you can get your body as alkaline as possible, and I mean all, all fast food is acidic. Yeah, I mean any, any food that creates an acidic environment in your body, that's where cancer thrives. That's where you know most disease thrives. And when when you talk about alkaline, is it like is it as easy as just lemon and you know lime juice kind of stuff or is there a more involved process in, in getting alkaline in your system um they're doing to the point now i don't know if you've heard of kagan water where they're they're actually adding a third hydrogen molecule to water it's, it's oh, kind of like yeah no way uh kagan water so it's that, that it's alkaline water it's basically the same process they do to bottle alkaline water okay gotcha except once you bottle the alkaline water the process they did to make that 9.5 or whatever alkal alkalinity it says it has mm -hmm. that only lasts two minutes in a bottled environment so once they bottle it and it sits on the shelf it goes back to you know whatever the baseline was yeah um, so you have to have a machine that creates the alkaline water for you in front of you and then consume it or else. So that's one way. Um, fruits, vegetables, uh, stuff like that. Anything, you know, it's, it, it, it relates to cannabis. I mean, it's water grows vegetables and fruit. Water grows. That's true. Water grows yeah, cannabis. Yeah, yeah. You put all the all three of those together, and your body's gonna look a lot better than a case of beer and a steak. That's uh, very very true. Absolutely. And you know, I, I want to get into this um, this work you've been doing. And, and I say work. It's 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 very commendable. It's very honorable. But you're not charging anybody anything. You're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. Uh, tell me about this. The, the patients, whatever you want to call them, the, the people, so, the people. Yeah, right, so that the you've people. Been helping. The, the 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 people that are uh, brave enough to fight these ailments on their own, and yeah. I, I always give the credit to the to the medicine and to the family and the person that is is going through this. Um, after I healed myself with with cannabis, I found RSO oil. Um, so through, at, through that healing process. 
Yes. Oh, for your health. Like yes. You found it for yourself. For for myself, gotcha. I found it. Um, I was trying to treat, you know, different different pain, and I found that this was an oil. It was an essential oil of the cannabis plant that is, you know, the, the least inhibited by man and the purest that, in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, it, right. it gives you an entourage effect, and it goes and it's 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 consumed, so it's not you know just inhaled or something so it goes through your liver and kidneys it touches all the receptors in your joints it it, it does a all-around healing it creates what's called homeostasis in the body mm. um so i i basically met a met a girl that cured her own brain cancer with our rick simpson oil and researched her story became friends with her treated myself for uh three years before i treated my first person um, I got a phone call from a mother who had a son with cerebral palsy. His name was Peter. How'd she find you? Like, um, through a mutual friend, I believe online. Oh, okay. Um, she was following my 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 cannabis advocacy advocacy page, and you know, I was I would, uh, you know, post truths about it and yeah. di- di- different things. And she was, and she, you know, she was researching it, but didn't know where to look for information. Mm. And that 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 really put a light bulb on with me that we could talk about later if you like that people don't have a an information source for cannabis but so she asked if we you know if i would come and talk with her and if i had any ideas for her son and we went over there and it loosened his joints and got rid of his seizure disorder and you were able to see the onset of this in 45 minutes um it it was it was a spiritual event for me (laughs) watching a boy locked in his own body be able to move smile and laugh with his mother and father because of a plant you know and it just it really set off light bulbs and i kind of you know got into it even more learned more and you know treated more people i treated breast cancer parkinson's autism wow uh and like you said when i go to these people it's 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 starting out close to home. So, you know, these aren't like friends of mine, but friends of friends. Um, Usually pretty proximate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a structured business where, you know, it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm putting something out in, in a space that's, that's lacking, you know, and if, if, if nobody's going to do it on a large scale, I'm going to go out and do it on my scale, you know, until, until I can. And you're not even charging anyone for this. No. I mean, that's the thing Uh is, You've been offered money, you won't even take it. No, no, it's 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 not worth putting a price. It's it's not something you can even really put a price on. I mean, uh, how if when you see the 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 profound changes that this stuff puts on uh, a PTSD vet a veteran, right? And there and I'm telling you, this RSO is is kept in the back of the dispensaries for a reason. It's the medicine, you know. If you guys want to get, if if you guys want, what makes it, it so different? Like, why is it just that? Is it that concentrated then? It's it's not designed to create a buzz. It does create a buzz, or you know, a you know, oh, a, like a, high? a euphoric feeling. A yeah. euphoric feeling. And by buzz, though, you do mean the yeah. the actual physical feeling. Euphoria, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, Psycho- right. Psychoactive, right, is what uh, the word is. Sure. So it, it does create a psychoactive feeling because it has all the cannabinoids in the plant, but it's not isolated 
like a, a vape cartridge mm. or a um, or a plant that was bred with the highest THC amount. Um, it's it's a it's a uh, a whole essential oil from the plant that has an entourage effect on your body that's different than any other of the isolated cannabinoids or any of the other products out there. Yeah. And um, that if you watch uh, Rick Simpson's story, Run From the Cure, that will tell you all about it if anyone is interested in learning in depth about it. it it's, 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 it's a miracle. It, I mean, the thing is, it's out there. Like, I've seen documentaries on, uh, on the plant, on cannabis, and just I forget what the one documentary was called, but it was very similar to that, where... You see someone having seizures. You see, like that's what they're giving them. Yeah. If you, if you see, there's a very there's a if there there's a very famous uh, clip on YouTube right now where the the infant child is having uh, seizures, like an infant child. Yeah. Wow. And um, you see the parent come in and rub an oil on the gums of the of the baby, and wow. it takes about thirty seconds, and the seizure stops. Yeah. Um, it's it stops seizures in their tracks. Uh, there's another very famous one with a gentleman with Parkinson's walks into the room. Um, his I don't know when this was filmed because he's not taking he's taking RSO but he's taking it through a different means. Mm. And it it's again about 45 minutes and they go out to lunch and he's walking in shaking like a leaf and he couldn't form a sentence. Yeah, you know. And then 45 minutes later he's saying, "Boy, I'm hungry. That stuff works good." Wow, you know, so it's it's like well, this stuff. Why does this stuff do that? It works so good, you know. And my not, e- not even the why part, but what's sad is that it's not making national headlines, international that's headlines. That's the why like, that I mean, on, right? Yeah. Like, but somehow, some way, they're still looking for medicines and cures when they're obviously not necessary. Yeah, like it, it just blows my mind. So, for you, what what does that you know look like in terms of? Uh, in any capacity, right? But your efforts towards helping more people. I would like to see, you know, I'm all for recreational use, but yeah. I really, when I, when I lived in Arizona, the way they had the medical set up, because they didn't have recreational in Arizona, they just had medical. And when, I, I don't know, I think it gets a little blurry when you combine the two in the same space. That's okay, you know, it's, it's, it's a new system here. It works. But I think that, you know, to truly understand the medical capabilities of cannabis, you need to put that in a separate space and analyze it in a space that's separate from... Oh, you need to research it. Basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, and in order for them to research it, they need to take it off of the class one scheduling. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, who... Uh, <laughs> I, I, something I, I cannot fathom is how you can go on the internet and look up videos of seizures stopping in their tracks, Parkinson's, you know, all kinds of different things, epilepsy being stopped by this drug, and yet it's still classified in a category that says it has no medical usage and on a high and a high risk for abuse. <laughs> and it's next to cocaine and heroin. Right. And no one's ever died in the history of humanity from overdosing on cannabis. No. Ever. Um I'd like to think they put it there. I like to think they put it there when um, the patent was filed for cannabis in 1936, and they were told they couldn't patent a plant. So 
No way. Yeah, that's when the that. that, that's when the reefer madness uh, campaign started in 1937. Wow. And they put out all those black and white uh, little commercial spots that the the evil reefer will make you jump out of a window or attack people and and that the Mexicans were bringing yeah, it and yeah the, yeah they, uh, well, mar- marijuana yeah 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 uh, let's let's name cannabis after Mary and Juan the two most co- common uh, Hispanic names because the Mexicans are bringing it over to the evil um, black musicians you know it's it, exactly it, it, so yeah. it's not only a full of baloney you know uh, smear campaign on what's a very very quality medical plant it was a racist one at that and and that's what i'm hearing too that they're wanting to do with um psilocybin now that as all this research begins to develop they're finding ways to patent psilocybin right and it's like come on have you not learned your lesson right and we're still but you know neither here nor there so in terms of the uh the the two worlds kind of colliding for you being the chef and being so classically trained in, in in that regard how do you see those two worlds coming together for you? I want I want to do an olive oil eventually. Nice. Um, wow. I, I I don't know how I don't know how there's not olive oils in dispensaries. I mean, even if they're smaller, you know, smaller sized bottles or whatever, it, it it's the flavor uh, comp, complements each other. The the cannabis flavor and like the notes that you get from the from the oils. No way. It. Because you know, sometimes some of them have little hits, hints of citrus and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. And when you, when you use the extracts and you combine it with the with the olive oil, it really I mean for salad dressings for I mean for anything it's and also it's you know THC is fat soluble. All, right, right, right. All cannabinoids are fat right. soluble. So if you if you ingest cannabis, you know. If, if I made a cannabis smoothie, I would add uh, coconut oil, MCT co- coconut oil to it because it's a, it's a fat and that's going to deliver it to your receptors and it's going to keep it in your body long. So it's, it's just one thing to think of when you're making uh, edibles. So that basically is really what I want to do is something in edibles that is on a large scale that gets people um, healthy Edibles, you know, and a little like, more uh, elevated too. Yeah, I mean, you're talking little, about olive oil. I mean, a little that's bit that's artisanal, you yeah, know. Absolutely. And, um, if you know, if I if I don't put out my 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 product line right off the bat, you know, do do dinners, um, you know, do do dinner spots. You could do pop up uh, cannabis dinners, things of that nature. That's awesome. So, well, very exciting stuff. And you know, on that note, I want to thank you for coming in. But if you're out there listening and you know, somehow this has triggered something in you where you want to reach out to Patrick. You can do so on the, uh, the form below on the on the page. But, you know, that's, I think it's one of those things that, as you mentioned, information is not available. So, you know, if he can be a resource to you, please reach out to him. He'd love to help. You know, and, and Patrick, thank you so much for, for not only being a guest here, but the, the countless families that you've now helped, um, you know, out of the goodness of your heart. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. And like you said, yes, anyone that needs to contact me for any information or any help or to network, just feel free to reach out. And thank you so much for having me. This is a, got a great podcast here. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Thanks.